0: Good evening to you all. It is so nice to see you. Uh, Welcome to HTC. Welcome on Vision Sunday. It's such an exciting time when we're looking ahead at the year and all that we believe God has got in store for us. Before I begin, I just want to say a thank you to all of you. Uh, My job as vicar of this church um, is a brilliant job. It is an amazing job. I love it. And so much of it is just such a joy. And one of the main reasons it's such a joy is because of all of you. Um, Actually, it is so exciting to be part of, thank you, Uh, it is so exciting to be part of a church uh, where there are so many people in it who love Jesus and who are wanting to live their lives for him, and that's what makes my job such a dream, so I just want to say thank you uh, to all of you for that uh, before we begin. Uh, Now, would you like to grab a Bible? At the end of your rows will be a Bible, and I'd love you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at this for a few moments, as we think about the vision for the year ahead. So it's page 1146. Page 1146. And Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And I'm going to read starting from verse 6 of chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. Page 1146, right at the top of the page. Paul goes as follows. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they'll each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are fellow workers in God's service, your God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ." If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and the God's Spirit lives among you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Don't deceive yourselves. If any of you think you're wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it's written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you're of Christ and Christ is of God. Why not keep that uh, page open in your Bibles and let's pray before we look at that together, shall we? Lord God, you say that your word, as it goes out, will accomplish what you desire and will achieve the purposes of that you have for it. And we dare to pray tonight, Lord God, that that would be true amongst us. That as your word goes out, as we look at your word together, we pray that you would accomplish what you desire in each of our lives and in this church. So please, Lord, by the power of your spirit, would you be at work amongst us this evening, we pray. For the glory of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well a year and a half ago my wife uh, Susanna had her 40th birthday and for her 40th birthday I gave her a present of two trees and um, many of you will know that Susanna is dual nationality she's British and Australian and so I decided that I would give her one very British tree a Victoria plum and one very Australian tree a eucalyptus. I thought it was quite a good present. I, you know, there we go. But um, uh, so this is about a year and a half ago. We, they were both about sort of four foot little saplings and we planted them both in our garden and then we waited to see them grow. Now, 18 months later, what has been the result? Well, first of all, you're going to see up there the eucalyptus tree. Now, about 15 or 20 foot high. It is flourishing. It's been growing out and it has been growing up. Totally flourishing. How about the plum tree? It's not such a happy story, I'm afraid. There's the plum tree. It is still four foot high, maybe three and a half foot because a football knocked off the top of it. Uh, It is basically just a dead stick in the ground now. Now, why the difference? Why has one grown and flourished and the other one's just a dead stick in the ground? Well, I asked a friend of mine in the congregation who is a gardening expert, and he talked to me about all sorts of different barriers to growth for the plum tree. So the barriers to growth could have included wrong soil pH, too much sun, not enough water, disturbed roots, too many other plants nearby, sudden shocks from footballs, you name it, all sorts of different barriers to growth. Now, all of those may have been barriers to growth for the plum tree. Whilst the eucalyptus, it has been flourishing. It's been growing out and growing up. And really today, on Vision Sunday, as we look ahead to the coming year for this church, my overriding desire, my overriding prayer for HTC is that we be flourishing healthily as a church, like that eucalyptus. That as a church, we might be growing out and growing up. Those of you who've been around at the church for any length of time will know that the overall vision of this church, our overall vision is to see every life bearing fruit for Jesus. Jesus. At HDC, we are in the disciple building business. And our product is transformed lives, lives that are bearing fruit for Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that we're sort of looking as a church just to sort of grow as big as possible just for bigness' sake. No. But it does mean that our vision is to, by God's grace, grow as a church. So that we can get to a point of being able to sustainably plant a church from this church every two or three years. So perhaps being a church of 800 to 1,000 people in size rather than the current size of about 550 people. So that we can send out a group of 40 to 50 people every two to three years to plant a new church in different parts of South London. And to do that without so depleting the size of this church that the whole thing sort of grinds to a halt. We want to play a significant part in reversing the decline in church attendance that we currently see in Southwark Diocese. That's everything in London, south of the river. Now that, if you like, that is our five-year vision. That's our five-year vision of us as a resourcing church designated by the Bishop of Southwark. And today, really what I'd love us to do, I'd love each one of us to get a handle on what the forthcoming one year looks like. What the next year looks like within that five-year vision. And I'd love us to do that by looking at three pictures. Three pictures that Paul uses in this passage. Pictures that describe the church. You may have noticed them as I read it, but here's the first one. This is the first picture. HGC, listen up. We are God's field. We're God's field. If you look in the Bible at the top of page 1146, look at the first verse I read, verse 6. This is what Paul writes. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. And if you look at that top paragraph there, and you look at what it's talking about, uh, Paul is talking about the church in Corinth. And if you look down to verse 9, he says the church, it's being pictured as a field. This church in Corinth, he's picturing it as a field. He says, we're fellow workers in God's service. You are God's field. And the wonderful truth is that as we look back at our church this last year, we can say the same thing that Paul says of this field that is HTC. We can say, verse 6, we can say that God has been making it grow. Let me just give you one individual example of that. Uh, This is a letter that I received earlier this year uh, from someone who was having to move away, far away from uh, Clapham because of their job, and they wrote this little letter. And I'm just going to read part of it. They wrote this. They said, Dear Jago and Church, It's tough writing this because it just confirms that this chapter of my life has finished. But I just wanted to let you know what a crucial part you have played in my life so far. When I moved to London, I labeled myself as a Christian, but I didn't fully understand what it meant to have a relationship with God. I've still got so much more to learn and grow in, but through sermons, worship, prayer, alpha, connect group, and discipleship, you have definitely helped me set a strong foundation which I can now go out from. So thank you for being a church that has nurtured, encouraged, taught, and given me the space to explore the gifts the Lord has given me. And so she goes on. Now that is really encouraging. But what actually in a sense was even more encouraging was the letter I received the very next day from one of her best friends. And the letter went as follows. Holy Trinity Clapham, I don't really know who will end up reading this. You may have seen me at a few sermons supporting my friend. I was educated in a Christian school and had a terrible experience there, which has forever changed my view on Christian people. After coming to your church, I've been proved very, very wrong. You were also friendly and welcoming to everyone who came, and not in a poor you, you're not a Christian way, but a genuinely loving and caring way. And so she goes on. You see, we may read in the press of the decline in church attendance in this country. But by God's grace, that is not our experience. God has been making Holy Trinity Clapham grow. Over the last few years, we have tripled in size as a church. And as we look forward to the coming year, We cannot guarantee any future growth at all. We can't guarantee it. But what we can do is we can keep recognizing who is responsible for what. You see, God, he is responsible for making things grow, and that is wonderful. It's so releasing, it's so freeing. God will make things grow as God chooses. Our role, we are to continue to plant and to water to the best of our ability. And so rather like the eucalyptus and the plum tree, our prime focus actually is not so much on growth. We shouldn't just be thinking growth, growth, growth. Actually, our prime focus is one of health. We're to be focusing on healthy growth. Are there any barriers to growth that are making HTC unhealthy like some of the barriers to the plum tree? Because a healthy plant, like my eucalyptus, it will grow. A healthy child will grow and so too a healthy church will grow and so tonight I'd love just to mention just a couple of barriers to growth that we have identified at HTC that we want to look to address in the coming year the first one is our physical church building our church building it is unable to meet our current needs let alone our future needs both on Sundays and during the week And over the last six months, what we've been doing, we've been working with some architects on a feasibility study of various options for the internal reordering of this church building. And that feasibility study, it's going to finish in the next month or two. Now, obviously, there is a big cost attached to any reordering. But if we want to see this vision of us increasingly being a resourcing church, then that is what needs to take place. And so over the coming year, we'll be communicating more about the plans, the vision, the costs, as we are clear on them. But the most pressing thing, in terms of the physical church building, the most pressing thing that we're having to deal with right now, it is the children's groups at the 11 o'clock service. Now this is a great problem to have. That service, it has grown. That service, it has grown and grown. And whilst we're not at capacity in that service for the adults, we are at capacity for some of the children's groups. And obviously, that acts as a big barrier to growth. You can just imagine it. If you come to this 11 o'clock service and you are a parent and you've got children and you take your children off to the groups in the various little rooms over there and it's a complete mosh pit of children, just children everywhere, it's going to be, you know, it's a barrier to growth. You're going to think, I don't think I'll come back here because it's dangerous for my children. Last Sunday at Tri-Church Sunday, at the 11 o'clock service, we had 100 children in the various little rooms over there and there, just at the 11 o'clock service. And you, if you've been in those rooms, there are a few there, they're not that big, 100 children, it was rammed. It was rammed. And so we've been working hard to determine what is the best solution to this growth-restricting barrier. And the best solution is this, in two weeks' time, until we internally reorder this church and we've got more rooms... From two weeks' time onwards, we're going to start having groups for children who are over the age of seven at Trinity House, our church hall, and then all the under sevens are going to be in the groups here. And that's going to be brilliant. It's going to be such a help. It's going to have all sorts of benefits with more space, but there are going to be some challenges to that too. There are cost challenges. There are logistical challenges, trying to move children across a road. There are all sorts of challenges. Most of all, there are a need for more leaders challenges. And I wonder this evening, can you be an answer to this barrier to growth? Can you help out, maybe every three weeks, every two weeks, whatever it might be, as a volunteer for HTC Kids or HTC Youth on a Sunday morning? So that's the first growth-restricting barrier. The second one that we've identified is in the area of HDC having a common culture and values across all the different services. Now, we have a great variety of worship styles across the different services at HTC, and that is great. But actually, what is even greater is that we are united in terms of our culture and our values. And that's why we've got the new Bibles, the new Bibles in all the pews. So actually, we're using the same translation of the Bible in all the different services. That's why we think it is so important to have a church weekend away next year, just as we did this year, gathering us all together as one church across the four services. We're going to launch that in a few weeks' time, Uh, but please now just get the date in your diary. It is the 3rd to the 5th of May next year. The 3rd to the 5th of May. It's going to be a fantastic time. It was so brilliant. Many of you here were on the one this year. And we would love to see you at it. The 3rd to the 5th of May, please don't miss out. We'll have an installment plan uh, being set up, so you'll know all about that in a few weeks' time. But the 3rd to the 5th of May. So that's the first focus for us this coming year. Healthy growth. Healthy growth. Us growing beyond what we currently are. You've got that yellow box up there? Us growing out. Us growing up beyond what we currently are and doing that growing out and growing up for the glory of Jesus second if you look at the end of verse 9 look at the end of verse 9 Paul changes the picture he's been using the the picture of a field he's been saying the church is like a field and then if you look at verse 9 he says you are God's field God's building he says we are God's building we're God's building not not the bricks we the people are God's building and in the following verses, the next paragraph, it's all about unpacking this idea. If you look at verse 11, he says, the church must be building on the foundation of Jesus. Verse 12, we must be building with the right materials. He says, what looks successful now could, verses 13 to 15 tell us, could be found wanting on that final day when Jesus returns. In other words, far better that HTC is a church made up of 10 people. And is faithful to the gospel than a church made up of a thousand people and we're building with the wrong materials and on the wrong foundation. We need faithful builders. We need faithful builders. And that is why our Connect Group leaders, and there are many of you here this evening, that is why we need to focus on them. To focus on our Connect Group leaders, they are so key. Helping them, resourcing them, training them, developing them, celebrating them. Because Jesus Christ, he must be the foundation of our many little churches, our Connect Groups, that make up our one big church. But it's not just within HTC. As a resourcing church, it's so exciting this month... Uh, with Luke Whiteman, who many of you know, running All Saints Clapham Park as he trains to be a vicar. We've also freed up and we're paying for for two days a week for Charlene Kelly to support him in that work. And then a couple of weeks ago, we've sent a renewal team of about 10 people uh, who have joined them at All Saints Clapham Park, sent from this church, focused on that area behind Brixton Prison. Jesus Christ, he must be the foundation of all that takes place at All Saints Clapham Park then we have the plans for a church plant to the whole Vauxhall Nine Elms area led by Michael and Emma John. Now Michael and I, we're going to be in talks with the diocese, particularly over the next two months, because there is a live possibility of planting in Vauxhall that is on the table. Now there are a number of things that are still to be worked out and to be worked through to see if that option's a goer. There are questions of timing, but would you please pray for clarity and discernment on it for us, particularly in the next couple of months? And again, I will communicate more when I can, but Jesus must be the foundation of that church plant in Vauxhall. And then we have to think further ahead still. Because we want to be planting again in maybe four or five years' time in a different part of South London. And so we've got an in-principle agreement with the diocese. Just in, We've been sorting out in the last few weeks, and we should have it finalized in the next couple of weeks when we're going to have an additional curate after finishing his training next June, somebody possibly fairly well known to you, and for him to be a curate with a view to potentially planting at the end of his curacy. Jesus Christ, he must be the foundation for wherever and whenever we plant a church. You know, one of the the most encouraging things for me as I look back at this year, one of the most encouraging little times that I just remember well with just such joy was a time at Focus. And it wasn't a time in the sort of the big top, uh, the, uh, the big Focus with you know thousands and thousands of people. It was a time when there were about 20 of us from the church sitting on a few hay bales in the middle of a field and we had a time praying for HTC. And in this time of praying for HTC, we were praying for various things. And we had a time just saying, uh, did any of us feel that God was uh, laying on our hearts a picture or a verse or a word for the church. And this has never happened to me before uh, in quite such a, a, a specific way, but it was amazing. Suddenly, as people started sharing, there were four, it may even have been five people, who all had an identical picture that they felt God was giving them in their, in their mind. And it wasn't just sort of some really sort of general picture. You know, I see a, I see a nice light or something like that. You know, it, it wasn't general, <laughs> It's not wrong if you see a light, but it was much more specific than that. Um, These four, or as I say, could have been five people, they all said, I saw a picture of a ship, and not just any old ship, but one of those sort of icebreaker ships that you get that that go through in the North Pole and the Arctic and just breaking through the ice. And, And with it, these people, they had this idea of us as a church called to do that in South London. Us having the resources, the supplies, the the ability to break through the ice as we help plant and renew other churches in South London as we share the truth about Jesus. And one person, they they said, as they shared this picture, uh, they said a phrase that has stuck in my mind since. They said this, they said, what we have is what is desperately needed. And that is the truth. What we have in Jesus is, is nothing less than what is desperately needed by everyone. And so in all that we build, in all that we build here at HTC and beyond, as we play our part in gospel outreach throughout South London, along with many other Christians and many other churches in this area, in it all, we must be faithful builders. We must be growing out And we must be growing up for the glory of Jesus as we build on Jesus and we build with Jesus. So we are God's field, we're God's building. And then, thirdly, we are God's temple. Have a look at verse 16. Verse 16, Paul says this. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives among you? He's saying that God doesn't just live in each of us as individuals by his Holy Spirit, but he lives amongst us as a group of believers. And when you look at the following verses, what we see that Paul is particularly encouraging us to be willing to be seen to be fools for the sake of Jesus. And he says we can do that. We can be prepared to be fools in the world's eyes. We can do that if we recognize that we have everything that we need in Jesus. Look at verse 22 at the bottom of the page. He says this. He says that whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you're of Christ. And Christ is of God. And so today on Vision Sunday, God's call is for you and me as part of this spirit-filled temple that is his church. His call to us is to be radical disciples of Jesus. You and I growing out and growing up, prepared to be different from the standards of this age, even prepared to be fools, us breaking out of that yellow box because we already have everything that we could possibly need in Jesus. We're to be radical disciples. You, me, radical Will you and I, will we be radical with our words? Wouldn't it be amazing if every single one of us here, if we used our words to speak about Jesus, even if it makes us look foolish? You know, as you think about things coming up, we've got the Alpha Course now, we've got the Christmas carol services, Next Terms Alpha. Wouldn't it be amazing if every single one of us was prepared to invite someone to every single one of those things? That's being radical with our words. How about our time? How can you be radical with your time? Not using your time in line with the world's priorities, perhaps giving more time to helping with a children's group on a Sunday morning or or helping with Family Fridays or Robes Helmless Shelter, or just giving more time to, to really pray. Not just sort of cursorily pray. Will we be radical with our time? Will you and I, will we be radical with our personal preferences? You see, that was a key problem in Corinth. The church, it was dividing into little groups and little cliques, separate groups based on their personal preferences. And Paul says to them, he says it so clearly, he says, grow up, church. Grow up. Will we be radical with our personal preferences? Take this service. Our tendency, my tendency, our personal preference is probably to chat to those that we already know to speak to people we know. But actually, this service, with the size it is, it is only going to work if every one of us sees that we are all part of the hosting team. We need to, all of us, be looking out for new people rather than staying in our separate cliques and our separate groups. We need to get beyond the superficial. We need to be prepared to be vulnerable, to be authentic, to not just put on a front. In this service, it is about each one of us growing out, and growing up beyond our own little personal preferences? And will you and I, will we be radical with our money? This evening, all of you who are on the church email distribution list, you will be receiving a very exciting email in about an hour's time. Uh, It is going to be an email that is so exciting It is going to even rival your and my excitement tonight about the finale of Bodyguard on BBC One. It is that exciting. Uh, In the email, there are going to be details of £86,000 worth of extra excitement. You're going to love it. Now, our current congregational giving, it is estimated for this year to be £780,000. That's going to be given this year. And I want to say a huge thank you to so many of you here who are giving generously, sacrificially, to help make up that amount. But what we're saying is that to meet our needs, to implement our plans for 2019, our giving, it needs to increase next year by an additional £86,000 on this year's giving. So that's around an 11% increase from what has been given this year. And what we'd love you to do, we'd love every single person here to pray, and to fill in an online pledge form at some point in the next week or so, detailing how much you feel you can give financially to the vision of this church in the next year. Ideally, by setting up or increasing your standing order. To find that pledge form, you can go onto the homepage on the website, uh, you'll scroll down and you'll see a sort of blue and yellow Vision Sunday box, and you can click through to that to get to the form. Radical Disciples. Radical disciples. That's what we're called to. You and I, we are called to be growing out and growing up for the glory of Jesus. And as I close, really what I want to say is this. I want to say, would you join Susanna and me? Would you join us in our passion and our prayer that HTC be a field where God the Father is bringing the growth? Would you join us in our passion and prayer that HTC, that it's a building where God the Son is our foundation? And would you join us in our passion and prayer that HTC, that it's a temple where God the Holy Spirit, where he's living, where he's active, where he's working in us and amongst us and through us. And if that's the case, as I believe it is, and I believe it increasingly will be over this coming year, if that is the case, then God, God will use us ordinary people. He will use us ordinary people, people like you and me, he will use us for his extraordinary purposes. And he'll do that as we grow out, And as we grow up for the glory of Jesus.